Welcome to the Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Forest Hills Resort, Moorhead Parks, Wildflower Golf Course, and Austin's Golf. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Have you seen anything like that? Now, let's head to the first tee. This guy's pretty good. And here's your host, Jeff Kolpak. Welcome to the first tee, the second tee and beyond, all the way to 18 or 9 or whatever you play. This is the golf show. This is Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM. 740thefan.com is the website. The show always brought to you from the KRK Marine and Power Sports Studios. Later in the show, we're going to talk with Jake Scarperwood. I always have to remember which name, which Scarp I'm going to talk to. It is Jake this time. He's going to be senior at Shanley. He won the North Dakota State match play, came back from an injury. We'll talk to Jake uh, how the summer is going. And always fun. Jake's been on this show before. But first, I've always, this show has been, I think, years in the making, I I think, with uh, Rod Ballinger. Rod uh, is an acquaintance of mine, and uh, I want to have him first introduce himself you know, what he's doing now. But Rod has started and is building a nine-hole golf course in South Fargo. He has the Bear Creek Winery in South Fargo. And, uh, you know, all retired guys do stuff like that, right? Just uh, go on and build a golf course and start a winery. But, Rod, good morning. How are you? Um, very well. Thank you, welcome, Jeff. Welcome to the show. It's been a while. I mean, we have been talking about this. And and take me back a little bit. How did you get this going? You know, let's start from... Uh, from uh, day one, uh, introduce yourself and, and where you're at at this time. Well, I'm Rod Ballinger. I'm originally from a little town called Verona, North Dakota, yep. which is southwest of here, about 100 uh, miles. And um, I kind of got started in the business. I was a pilot most of my life, for the fighter pilot for U.S. Navy and the Air Force, and I flew for the Air Guard, and I also flew for uh, Northwest Airlines and Delta. So I traveled all over the world, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Pretty much and got attached to uh, just the winery situations, uh, and the, the, the settings, and and what went on in the wineries. And, um, and so we had bought some land in 1998 south of Fargo. And um, in uh, 2000, Sue and I said, well, let's uh, build a winery down here. We had about <laughs> 80 acres down there. And so we, we did that. We started. And what we did is we um, took down our family barn, which was 100 years old in 1999, mm-hmm. five-generation barn. And then we, we built the same footprint up here in Fargo. Um, for our winery, which was uh, okay. which is the, which the green barn that sits south of Fargo on 25th Street. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you got this uh, winery, and how long did that take? That how long did it take that going? And, and we'll reference the golf course after this. Okay, so that was about a three-year process because it's uh, quite involved building a winery. There's certain things that you have to meet, and of course, the city and Fargo was involved in it too because mm-hmm. that someday they're moving down that way relatively soon. So we had to plan with them. So it was a big planning issue. And, of course, we also goes with the winery. We have to have uh, the viticulture, in other words, the grape plants and fruit plants there. So we were intensely planting all different kinds of grapes, um, researching what kind of grapes we wanted to have because they have to be cold hardy in North Dakota. So yeah. that process was about three years, and then we opened up in, uh, two, uh, in 2003, mm-hmm. uh, mostly for just private events, for weddings, grooms, dinners, those types of things. 
Uh, and we just didn't want to have a, have a reason to open to the public at that time. But uh, after a lot of pressure around town and right. the city, and we finally— How can I get some? How can I get some? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and the only way you could get out there is have an event out there, and not everyone gets married once a week. So it um, it, it kind of evolved. And then uh, what happened was is my son, youngest son, uh, came home and said he, he had been in the industry with us, and he kind of wanted to get in the business and run the running with me. So— mm-hmm. The going thing, he says, well, Dad, if I come home, it'll be a lot less work for you. And I go, uh, I don't know how that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, um, right. So he moved home, and then we expanded, and we opened the public uh, two years ago. And uh, here we are today. The golf course. Okay. Day one of the golf course. Or how did the idea come about? Well, it was haphazard, really. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we had to, With the winery, we had to build a pond because we had to build some land up for the winery because it was a little bit low from the flooding, if you can recall, in 97. Yep. And so, and, and you need really water uh, on the property anyway, because we had a lot of property there. And and so we had an excavator come in um, to dig the pond. Well, about halfway through the pond digging it, uh, he hit a sandbar, a sand well, and the whole excavator slid clear to the bottom of this uh, pond that we were digging. It was 18 feet down in there. Hmm. And uh, you could see the sandbar, and so to, to alleviate the pressure on the bank to stabilize it, we had to, he had to dig around that and make the pond bigger so it would come out right at the bottom. Mm-hmm. He said he's only seen two of these in the 40 years he's been digging these ponds. And so this was at 11.30 in the morning, and he says, well, I'm going to have to bring some trucks in here because we've got to haul all this clay away. And I says, uh, can you give me an hour? And he says, yeah. <laughs> so he went to lunch, and yeah. I literally sat there with a— napkin in my pickup and uh, designed this course, uh, the first course, the first nine holes. And so when he came back... Hold on here. Hold on here. So you, <laughs> you go into the pickup and you just design a course just off of, out of a whim. You hadn't been thinking about it. No. You, 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 it, that's where the, your first thought. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So it kind of, as a pond was being dug, you know, I could see, you know, vision that something was going to be there, but I wasn't, I really didn't think about a golf course. Um mm-hmm. So, but I didn't want to pay to have this clay hauled out either. So, um, so he come back. We talked about what we were going to do. We we're going to take all the clay and we we're going to push the black dirt off where the greens were going to be and the tee boxes, and then we we're going to put all the clay up and build them up so it has more of a hilly uh, structure to it versus a flatland in Fargo, and then put all the black dirt back on, okay. and then bring in the sand and create the golf course. And so yeah. that's exactly what we did at that point. Wow, and so it's uh, nine holes. You designed nine holes right off, right on the napkin, basically. Yes. Okay. And from there, first step to getting that going was what? Well, I learned a little bit about golf. golf. I mean, you got you're a golf architect now, right? Right. You're well, an I amateur just, golf architect <laughs> at that point, yes. And so I did a lot of consulting with people that you know had a good feeling for golf architecture. The basic holes I had there, but I wanted to make sure that the shots played into there were you know good shots and those yeah. types of things. And I didn't know a lot about. Um, the agronomy part of it with with the golf courses and the greens and stuff like that. Although I was a golfer, but not to the extent when I started designing uh, greens mm-hmm. and tee boxes and fairways and stuff like that. So there were some people that helped me out, and I took my time on it. And um, and I did. I say I designed it. That doesn't mean I didn't redesign it a couple times. Jeff. Okay. You know, yep. it, it takes yep. uh, it takes a vision to look at it. I each shot and say, well, I want a little more right to left on this, or left to right, or whatever you want to. Don't go long. So those types of things all come into play. Mm-hmm. So. As a former pilot, and we're going to talk about that more later, especially at the Blue Angels in town this weekend, that was this the top gun in you to keep the adrenaline going on from something else? Because as a top, as a pilot, right, and, and you're landing on ships, Yes, I mean, that's an, you talk about adrenaline rush. Is this another, are you one of those guys that needs to do stuff like that and go, you know, okay, I'm going to take uh, what I learned in, in the Navy 
right? You were in the Navy, correct? Right. And and I I need to do something really cool like that. Well, uh, yeah, you take that kind of adrenaline rush to do it, and uh, you know what I'm getting at, right? I do. You're and not so, woodworking here. No, we're we're not exactly, and and so there wasn't there was a lot of thought into it once I got involved in it. I mean, it is pretty complicated, you know, to 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 build this. So the adrenaline was there for sure, and. Uh, I wanted to make sure I got it right, you know, yeah. and are as good as I. As yeah, you I, only get one could. shot yeah. at this, probably. Yeah, for sure. And so it just kind of led one thing into the next, and um, before I know it, uh, it was completed. That that part of the golf course. Okay, was, and so uh, you, you 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 had some consultants, and then uh, when did you really refine? How did you refine your 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 project here? Well, by playing it, and then okay. you know, I was. But before of, that, though, I mean, you have to design right. it. You need drainage and things like that, right? Yes, and that's an important thing. We got to make sure, of course, your greens are drained properly, you know, yeah. or, or the grass just doesn't do very well. And all the drainage, we what we did is we drained everything in the whole estate into this pond, so I'd have that pond to uh, irrigate the sure. golf course. I yep. mean, there is no really water, and I wasn't going to get city water to do that with. Mm-hmm. I mean, the expense would be outrageous. So. Yep. So, yeah, so it's all was planned. Um, we are a sustainable winery, and so we wanted to make sure we use that water over again. And um, mm-hmm. and so it was all designed that way with overflows. If it, if it got too full, it would overflow and go into the ditch and back in the river and vice versa to okay. fill it, too. Sure, sure. When, what, what year are we talking here when you first got going? Uh, this was about um, 10 years ago. About 10 years yeah. ago. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's been 10 years in the making. And I think we first talked, man, I missed five, six, seven. I don't remember exactly when you first contacted me about this project and you're a little bit hesitant because you say, Oh, I got to wait for this or I got to wait for this. You're very deliberate, right? Yeah. And that, why is, why was that important? Well, I think it's part of my training too. Like you mentioned the military, I was a mm-hmm. fighter pilot and yep. things there are very, um, you know, procedural and you got to really keep an eye on stuff. And so I just wanted to make sure I, I had it right. And that I knew I was getting into it was kind of like, all right, um, this is what I want to do, but can I pull this off? And um, I got a lot of encouragement from my wife. She helped me out with it and stuff like that. And this was, of course, the only first half of the golf course. The second half was much more well thought out that I bought. And I can tell you a little bit about that if you want to, Jeff. Yeah, we will. Well, this is Rod Ballinger. He's the, from the Bear Creek, Bear, Creek, Bear Creek Winery in South Fargo. What's the name of the golf course? Well, you're you got the scoop on this because I'm going to okay. re- reveal it today. The second one, what it's going to be called? Yep. Um, it's uh, we have vines all the way around the second course, and so you got to play over the vines and, mm-hmm. and by the vines. So we wanted to get some with vineyard in it, and we thought about a diff- lot of different names. And I also wanted a link style because uh, I really love fescue grass, and mm-hmm. because it's uh, it takes like a third the nutrients and a third the water as part of the sustainability of our estate. And so we come up, to, uh, thought about it. My wife actually came up with the name. We're going to call it Vineyard Links. Vineyard Links. Rod Ballinger from Vineyard Links joins the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM. 740thefan.com is the web address. We'll be back right after this. The ball explodes off your club face like a rocket. It flies across the beautiful blue sky and nestles right next to the pin. That's what keeps us all coming back. Hey folks, Dave Osted here from Osted's Golf. We've been your number one golf source in the Fargo area for over 15 years. 
Our store has all the best golfers need. Whether you're just beginning the game or ready for the tour, we're your one-stop solution to enjoy your game. At Austeds Golf, we love the game as much as you do. Our certified custom fitters will find the right clubs for your swing. We can fit you in the same equipment using the same launch monitors the pros use. Sure, you could pull clubs off a rack at a big box store or from a website from who knows where, but if you're really going to enjoy your game, doesn't it make sense to have clubs fit your game? Golf Digest just selected Austeds one of the top fitters in the nation. Find out why. Go online at Austeds.com or visit our store at 45th Avenue and 22nd Street to schedule your personal club fitting. Your one shot is waiting. Play better, have fun, be safe, and shop Austeds. Wildflower Golf Course is open and waiting for you. Open prairie lands and oak-lined fairways make Wildflower an aesthetically pleasing and enjoyable course to play. The course's distinctive prairie links design is unique in Minnesota and will challenge golfers of all skill levels. Where tall grass prairies and rolling hills meets the lakes and woods of northwest Minnesota. With Pelican Lake in the background, there's no shortage of spectacular views. Over 90 feet in elevation changes. For more information, visit wildflowergolfcourse.com. Welcome back. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show with Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Here we are in the KRK Marine and Power Sports Studios. Rod Ballinger is the guest, owns Bear Creek Winery, and certainly, Rod, that's uh, if you want your wine, you are now public. Yes, we are. We did open the public now. We're open Thursdays and uh, afternoon and uh, in the evening and then uh, Saturday from 1 to 6 now to the public. Now, Adra Mari from Backroads with Adra Mari gave you a visit. I don't know when the show's going to air on Inform.com, but um, she was out there. Yes, she was, and she talked with my son. My He's the one that's helping yeah, me out now. I'm sure he didn't mind that. No, not at all. He's, yeah. And Sean, Sean's a first-level sommelier now, and so he's mm-hmm. in training. But, yeah, they did an interview on the estate, and then I talked to her a little bit about, uh, about uh, pro- the process and what we went through with Bear Creek Winery. That's awesome. And also uh, from the first uh, segment, uh, we have uh, some announcements. It's going to be the Vineyards. At, no, the Vineyards, what is it? Uh, it's going to be called Vineyard Links. Vineyard Links. Vineyard Links. It's Rod's golf course that he's designed and developed and produced and almost ready to go. Let's talk about the first nine holes and some of the challenges you had with that. Well, it it, it did play around the pond, and I wanted to make it so it was uh, fair because, you know, a lot of amateur golfers want to come out and they want a fair shot. So some of the greens I backed backed up against away from the water a little bit to give them a little bit more like that. And mm-hmm. uh, it was a, it's a small course. It's a par 29. That's okay. all I could fit in that piece of the property at the time. And um, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's uh, mostly iron iron, iron yeah. uh, so play. So two par fours? and Two seven. par fours and seven par threes okay. on the first one, yes. Yeah. How much fun did you have doing this? And did you put fun into the design? Oh, did we ever? I mean, I had people like hitting shots on the dirt, dirt to dirt, and uh, you know, from all over, just to figure out where we wanted to, uh, you know, final place these and what kind of undulation I wanted with mm-hmm. with the greens on these. And these aren't uh, undulated a lot; a couple of them are. But uh, you know, your first attempt, you want to try to keep it somewhat simple. Okay, uh, I remember the story of Tom Lehman when he designed Winsong Farm out. Uh, uh, west of the Twin Cities, that it was just an open piece of property, a lot of woods, weeds, and whatever. And he'd go out there in the weeds and just start hitting shots and just go, hey, I kind of like the look of this, look of that. Did you do that, or did you? how did you do your uh, sequencing, I guess, of holes? 
Well, absolutely. Um, I went out there and uh, made all these shots afterwards, and I did say I did some adjustment, and that's what it's all about. I think that golf cart design, uh, it's a feeling, it's an art, you know, looking at something and, you know, trying to throw someone off a little bit with angles and those types of things, you know, mm-hmm. and yet make it pleasing. And one thing was a little bit different for me. I did this myself, you know, I'm not a country club or with a bunch of membership, and so I had to have it so that it, economically it made sense. So mm-hmm. I kept things in tight protect the tee boxes with trees as much as they could so the greens and tee box were uh, very close. And also, uh, on the first nine, uh, there's just a lot of uh, target golf on it. In the water, you don't have to mow the water. So those sure. types of things. Par three. Expenses, par right. threes. And, yep. then you, and then I let you use grass that I don't mow, um, and then some of it I mow. So it makes it a little bit challenging, too, because you're hitting into sometimes grass when you hit a fairly uh, shot that isn't off, offline that much, but you're in the tall grass. So that's the type of things you got to think about. And not only for that... You know, for fertilizer expense and all the stuff that goes in it, I've got that to a minimum as I can, sure. but yet still looks nice. If, when did you finish the first nine? I took, um, well, that was about 10, it was about about nine years ago. It took me about a year to build that So thing. about a year ago? Huh? You're, oh, no, the first nine? Yep. Oh, no, that was finished about uh, eight years ago. Eight I years, think. oh, yeah. it was, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, who plays it? Who played it? Well, uh, I play it a lot, and yep. um, my family plays it, and we have friends, and with the winery, you know, we have people that come out a lot, you know, we know them, they come out and play. Um, we don't have any tea times, we don't have any, any green fees, and so people just come out, and kids come out and play a lot on that, that little course. It's okay. just kind of a fun, they like, people I like to play it that don't feel a little intimidated by the golf, and they just, so there's really no one in front of you and no one behind you, because we incorporate with the winery and things, and uh and then, um, you know, just friends come out, like I said, and people, and that's okay. how it is. Okay. And, but can somebody go to your winery and play it? Well, you can, Jeff. I can. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a private yeah. course, I It's guess. a private course, a private but yeah, course. and yeah. Um, there's, we're talking now that with the second one being built, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes yep. here, um, we might open to the public with it okay. uh, on that one because it's, um, uh, well, I'll explain it a little bit later, sure. but uh, we just haven't decided. But yeah, people that, you know, I know they come out and play it. Did it take long to grow grass? I mean, it sounds simple, but growing grass is not easy. I look at my lawn. <laughs> well, I'm not a, designing courses, I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, well, it's the trials and tribulations. I remember the when I seeded it the first time, uh, it was master's week. Uh, we seeded it in the fall, so let it mm-hmm. go through the fall. And then the spring, usually if you get the, if it's moisture, you get the rains, it comes up. Well, this spring, and I don't know what year that was exactly, but it was a real dry spring, and I was down at the master's, and I came home, and uh, we got a big wind, and the top inch was dry. All the grass, all the sand or the dirt ended up in the ditch. Oh, yeah, no. seed and everything on part of it. And so I had to take it all the dirt out of the ditch and pull it back up again and then redo it. So it took me an extra year. That's what that year was about, to do that. And growing grass in the valley is challenging because we've got clay soil. So you've mm-hmm. got to make sure you respect that clay soil and drainage and those types of things. Yep. How frustrating was that when you lose the grass? Did you have to wait a couple of days? Did you wonder, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, but... Um, you know, yeah, well, you got to yeah. have the land anyway, so I figured, why not have a golf course on it? So yeah. <laughs> I just uh, said, all right, so we went back out and and just rebuilt it. I would think maintaining greens would be hard. It's a different kind of grass. It is. Yeah. And um, now on my first uh, first nine holes, we use more like a, a real low-mow um, bluegrass. And I mm-hmm. wanted to do that because it's really it's tough, you know, yep. and I didn't know what that clay was going to do. But now on the second, I'll talk about the second uh, course now, we, sure. it's a, something much different. Yeah, so... You got these nine holes, and you thought, why why not stop here? Let's do, uh, I got more land. And how did that get going? No, that isn't what happened. No, that actually. isn't what happened. No. Okay. Um, so we're adjacent to the property uh, right to the uh, east of us. And in 2009, there was a flood. 
And so the county used that land, uh, my neighbor's land, and they used what they'd call a Boward, Boward Pit, Jeff. And so they took the, all the clay out, or some of the clay, mm-hmm. then they use it yep. to dike up, and then they usually would bring it back in and then bring it back to its natural state. Well, what happened is, is they, they did that. They took the clay out, but then there wasn't any reason to bring it back in. So that pond over there was a big pond. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not built as a recreational pond. In other words, the angles of the bank weren't right. It wasn't deep enough because they'd ever, they thought it was going to be filled back in again. Okay. Well, after a couple, three years with the stagnant water, I talked to my neighbor and I says, hey, let me buy that pond from you. That is another, uh, I think, 25 acres or so. Yeah. And uh, when I'm, I'll reclaim it. I'll bring it back to something better than it is not because the way it is now, it, you're just not going to do anything. So mm-hmm. uh, he graciously agreed, and uh, I bought that land, and I had this hole in the ground which was dead, <laughs> full of weeds and everything. So I'm starting over on this. So I got one of the contractors in town out there with a the big dredge, and we dredged the whole thing out, and we made it 20 feet deep, put the angles on the bank all right, and I built my peninsula green out there because I knew at that time this was going to be a golf course ahead of time. <laughs> Because it had all, <laughs> it, it. it was just lined up the way it was supposed yeah. to be with the vineyards already there. And I just knew it'd be uh, something special if I could pull this off. Well, yep. we did that. I had the design, I did the design that winter before. Mm-hmm. And they come out in the spring and and then kind of did the rough excavation. I did all the, all the fine work. Yep. And so we dredged this thing out. Like I said, it was 20 feet deep. Uh, I put the holes around it. We, we created what we call the bear bowl out there, and that's uh, holes four, five, and six right now with an, an amphitheater on it. Okay. We'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah. So that was all part of the design on, on this one here. And um, oh, I'll go ahead, Jeff. I'm yeah, sorry. No, keep going. I'm, oh. I'm fascinating here. Okay. I've been so, doing this show 17 years. I'm just like, this is cool. I've never <laughs> – this is different. Yeah. Well, okay, so then I thought, well, we're, like I said, a um, – of winery that kind of looks all for the environment if we possibly can. And mm-hmm. so I was looking for some type of a grass that I wouldn't have to put the fertilizer um, on and much water. So as it turns out is, and I've always liked link style courses and and uh, mm-hmm. with fescue, like in, in Europe or fe- some fescue courses here, um, I thought, well, let's let's do that. Let's make a link style course because then okay. again, okay. it's less cost for us, you know, running this uh, this uh, golf course. and Fescue type, you know. just grows wild no, it doesn't. You have, oh, to, no. you have to. I mean, you have to plant it, but then you leave it. You can leave part of it, yep. but I wanted the part that you could mow, so I could create what kind of shots I wanted okay. on how far I wanted to bring the grass up to the green, and I could change it depending on the time of the year. If there was a tournament, maybe someday, and it's mm-hmm. easy to change. And that's why okay. I wanted fescue. So, I went to the University of Minnesota and worked with their horticulture department down there. They have a turf research um, uh, apartment down or uh, thing down there where they actually research these the different types of new uh, new fescue but yep. it's still the fescue plant itself it's a clump grass it's not rhamaceous or has rhizomes like bluegrass does for example okay. yep um so we looked at these cold hardy ones down there and i start looking i go hey this, this is going to be good because i love the looks of the of the grass kind of blowing in the wind so i want i wanted to go one step farther i wanted to put fescue greens in like they do in europe too a lot oh, wow. and chambers bay if you recall they had it for the u.s open mm-hmm. i think 2014 they had some troubles with it but this was this is a research one that they were doing right now so i got to see all the plots i got to pick out basically which which ones i wanted and i chose four fescue uh, pl- uh plants for the green and, and then i blended those together hmm. so i wanted you know some with a little bit warmer grass seeds and stuff like that and some of a little different color and that's what i did so i ended up putting um Fescue greens in, that's what's in there now, and uh, I'm mowing them right now to about a third of the inch. I don't want to go any lower until the temperature goes down because they're a newly created green right, over there. Right, So that's how that whole story went, and um, 
but we do have a full 100% fescue golf course there. That's right. It's the only one that I know up in this part of the country. Rod Ballinger from Bear Creek Winery and his own private Vineyard Links golf course joins us on the golf show. Before I let you go, okay, that was nine holes, and you had three more. That's 12. Now there's three more, right? Right. I built six holes over there around that About six holes. Okay, hold on. Do you have time for more? Yes, I do. We're going to take a pause. When we come back, more with Rod Ballinger and his private golf course site he built himself next to his Bear Creek Winery. This is the golf show on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Four, five. Hey, what gives? Every time you hit the ball, you say five, not four. That's because I'm so excited about the deal I got from the Fargo Park District at FargoGolf.net. It's called the 541 Golf Pass. The what? The 541 Golf Pass. It gives me unlimited play at Edgewood, Prairiewood, Osgood, El Zagle, and Rose Creek. Wow! Sign me up! Just go to FargoGolf.net to buy yours today. That's FargoGolf.net. Did you hit it twice? Chili Dipper Did you hit it twice? Chili Dipper And we are back. This is the Golf Show with Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan. Rod Ballinger is a guest. I'm a, I'm like a grandpa just listening to, or a kid listening to his grandpa talk about some great stories. This is really fascinating. Rod is uh, the owner of Bear Creek Winery in South Fargo, has developed his own private course, on his own, starting about, what, 10, 11 years ago with nine holes. Just got doc, doc, done talking about three, and now there's three more, correct? Yes, on that there's a total of uh, three holes. The first three were what we call the bear bowl. Around the, All those three greens are on yep. the water. And that's where you, yep, the, the pond you bought? Where yep. the pond is, yep. and uh, the thing we're going to do with that is that's holes four, five, and six, and if you play through those hole, holes par or under, you're going to get a T-shirt that says, I survived the bear bowl. <laughs> That's and I'm nice. sure you'll have one, Jeff, yep. someday. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait. So I, I'm fascinated. Okay, the last three holes, we talked about 12. Now tell me about the last three. The last three is two par threes, and then I wanted to, I like to finish, especially with match play. I like a par five finish. I put a par five, a 500-yard par five in, and it's mm-hmm. uh, it's got a fence on one side and a vineyards all the way down the uh, sec, uh, on the other side. So mm-hmm. your second or third shot into that is a challenging shot, but it's a big green. It's about 8,000 square feet green up there, and um, it's going to be a lot of fun. How far along are you with that? I'm done. You're done. Mm-hmm. Okay. The heat this summer, how challenging has that been for you to hold your grasses, if that makes sense? Well, you know, it's all irrigated. I irrigated the ponds, and then yep. I built, and then I dug a pond, a well, to fill the ponds up to keep them up. And those springs can't keep up with the irrigation needs right now, especially where it's been the last month or two. Mm-hmm. But yes, it has been a little bit of challenge. Uh, fescue once it gets rooted in, though, see the roots go a lot deeper than any of the other grasses. So they're down there uh, twelve inches, and they're green, but they just won't spread until it cools down and they get some more rain. Okay. So, but you know, I'm I'm pretty comfortable with how it's done. I wish it had been a little better right now, but they're they're starting to look pretty good, Jeff. What's a course record? <laughs> on the old on the old uh, on the first on the course nine twenty nine twenty nine. Is that you? Yep. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. Was do you have any challengers? No, I don't let anyone play that's any better than me. So I'm oh. gonna, uh, <laughs> McFeely's out then. Oh geez, yeah. He's no, uh, I, of course I played a lot. I've shot twenty nine twice out there. So is there a uh, a satisfaction when you wake up in the morning that this is your baby? Yep. 
I like get to go up, get on the morning and walk around the vineyards. And then, then I usually try to play a few holes and I try to play every day out there if you I do. can. Yeah. Yeah. And not always, you know, 18 or nine, but you know, at least do something. Then my son, Sean likes to play. So sometimes we quit work in the middle of the day and say, okay, we're going to quit for an hour and a half here and go have some fun. You too. have some pretty good matches, heated matches going on. You said yeah. you like match play there. I do. He hits the ball a long ways, but he doesn't know how to chip and putt very well. So I kind of get it. But get on the, a par... Best. 29, chipping and putting is pretty important. Yeah, so, very important. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's where you it, got them. Yep, that's where I get them. Now so, on this new course, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's uh, you have 15 holes. Any thoughts of 18? Yes, I, I have the land that's around me as a buffer zone because uh, we're real sensitive about uh, 2,4-D spray on our grapes because they're, they're, they can be damaged pretty easy. So I bought that as a buffer zone. And what I did is around that is 12 acres. I put in three holes. I put a par 5, a par 4, and a par three with all the dirt work done now. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to seed that because I don't want to you know, overextend what I have now. I'm going to pick the best 12 holes I got there yep. now and use that. And then someday all I'd have to do is just uh, convert those into greens and tee boxes and then you know, do the fairways and I'm set. So it's an easy, easy transition to 18, but um, I don't think it's needed right now. We're going to put it into natural grass, prairie grass, and just leave it rest for a yep. while. The address of Bear Creek Winery is what for people? It's 8800 25th Street oh, South. Okay, so it's directly south of Hector International Airport where you're going to see the Blue Angels mm-hmm. this weekend screaming through. I had the opportunity to ride, and you helped <clears> me prepare for my ride with the Blue Angels on Wednesday. That, first of all, is the most exhilarating thing I've ever been through, and it challenged me. And you used to do that as a living. That was your gig. Yep, that's what I did uh, for 21 years, flying those. And I was a, a carrier pilot, flew off of aircraft carriers and Enterprise and most of them on the West Coast. And uh, so kind of developed kind of love for that kind of flying. But as you well know, it is very challenging. And and uh, actually, it's Navy week here in Fargo. So yeah. I'm happy being um, a, a Navy guy. And all my Navy friends are in town. And I just come walked in the studio here and saw the Blues flying over, led by Brian Kesselring there. A, yep, from uh, Fargo South. Fargo South graduate. And so it's a lot of fun. And uh, I heard that uh, you did really well on your ride. I did. Because I've given yeah. a lot of rides. And yeah. I would say most people get sick or they pass out or they do both <laughs> and which is a messy situation i was close on once i was close to my vision narrowed on when i got to almost 8g yep it, it does narrow and then but you still got to focus because you got to you know right. keep your breathing going and those mm-hmm. types of things to to maintain your consciousness because we don't want you you know passing out for too yep. long up there and they keep a really close eye on anyway i watched the video and you look really good at sitting in the well, back of that plane so you, we're going to make you an honorary navy fighter pilot jeff a <laughs> uh, lot of pride when you see those blue angels fly over your your land over your golf course oh yeah i'm trying to must catch, be. catch the right shot where i can get my barn and the blues in the same picture so uh yeah it does um you know we used to have those types of planes here and they used to fly over all the time and so now it's just reminiscence of the old days of the happy hooligans who i also flew uh, f4s and f16s with so when i finished my my ride and i was in the hangar 19 on 19th avenue north uh getting ready to write my column for the form the, that's the blue angels the, the rest of the crew had just arrived. Brian Kesselring is the boss, the commander, and, uh, and, and the rest of his teammates. And as they walked through Hangar 19, and Brian stopped and greeted me, and, and what an incredible young man he is, that I looked at these guys and I went, man, I have done nothing in my life. They are just the most perfect people. Their, their personality is incredible. The ability is off the charts, to, and, and you included, Rod, that I just go, wow, these – America's impressive. 
Yeah, um, when you look up and see the blues flying, it just doesn't happen overnight, though, Jeff. It's yeah. like everything else. It's right. a long training uh, period. Then you got to go through all your qualifications, and then you got to be a, uh, all the blues all have to be carrier pilots first, too. And that's the uh, the rate of is pretty high on the failure on that to be mm-hmm. able to qualify. And so it's a long step, um, a lot of processes, but. Um, you work hard. You just got to keep working at it and believing it, and don't let it get you down. Tomorrow's another day, you know. And they still make little mistakes. As long as they're little mistakes, we're fine with that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're fun to watch, and I encourage everyone uh, to come out and see them. I'm going to be up there a couple times myself, cheering them on and uh, saying hi to some of the guys. How do these guys? You obviously adapt to the G-force factor, mm-hmm. and that doesn't that can't come overnight either. No, they, we have a very regimented workout program that yeah. goes with that, uh, working on our breathing. And as you well know, you get a lot of pressure in your legs and the blood wants to rush out of your brain. That's why you lose conscious. So you got to be able to force down and keep that. Yeah, they taught us technique. Yeah, the right? technique, yeah. And we use that all the time. And, you know, and you still got to maintain your, your thought process too, you know, what you're doing up there because uh, things happen very fast in those airplanes and um, you got to stay ahead of the game. Yeah, the lieutenant that flew me, a guy named uh, Lieutenant Julius Bratton, He's from Woodlawn, Tennessee, played mm-hmm. football. We had the greatest conversations. But, and when it was, it was going to be G time, right? And he'd go, Okay, are you ready, Jeff? I go, Yeah. And he'd, go, and he'd yell something. He goes, Let's go. And, yeah. I, and I do my thing. It's called the hook. So yeah. what you do is you, 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 you really tighten your legs and yeah. your abdomen, back into the chair, make sure your head's up. And you and you and you elongate the K so, the, so you breathe, mm-hmm. right? And you keep doing that without releasing your body. That's until, right. Until you're below a normal G. <laughs> I just like, um, yeah, and it's uh, G forces get awful high, and um, your body doesn't function the way it's supposed. I was trying to, to relate to people how you, how do you put a scale to a G force? Well, I, I'll explain it this way. Yeah. Uh, let's just say that uh, you know you're sitting in the airplane, and I don't know what what a head weighs. Say it weighs twenty pounds. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if you're pulling nine Gs, that that weight on top of your shoulders now is 180 pounds, and your muscles and bones just aren't designed for that. And so you're putting all this extra weight on your hands and your legs and everything. Even moving your arm is hard to do that. And so, and, and your internal organs are under those kinds of Gs too, including your heart. So you get erratic heartbeats and stuff like that too. So you got to be careful, you know, and you just don't go into it at the really, really high Gs until you, you've been adapted as well. But... I, I know you did pretty well, and uh, were you a little sore the next morning or this not too morning? Bad. Not too bad. Not too okay. bad. Yeah, not too bad. It was. I thought I'd be worse. Yeah. Is what. So when you're out playing your vineyard leaks, we're with Rod Ballinger of White of Bear Creek Winery and his own private golf course, eight, 15 holes right now. Calls it Vineyard Links. When you're out playing by yourself, do you think back to the days of uh, of your Top Gun? You went to Top Gun school. Yep, Top Gun. Yes, I did. Do you think and, about uh, those days? Yeah, I certainly do. I wished I could do it again. Of course, you really? know, age creeps up on you a little bit, and you, those are for you know in your latest the forties, probably something like that. And yep. uh, yeah, I would like to strap one of those planes on again, but unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. What's going to take for uh, to finish off this eighteen hole baby? Um, a little cooler weather coming up, and okay. uh, maybe some rain for the rough areas, and. Um, and I got to get my greens mowed down, and uh, she's ready to go. We're we're gonna do a little bit of hybrid with this link style course, though. I mm-hmm. because I do have this thing. The other course is fl- tree lined, and so I I'm, we're gonna do some trees, but it's just gonna be more um, spot trees, you know, groves type of thing to give it some character over there. Yep, yep. 
That's fascinating to me. Congratulations. I just, uh, I can't imagine doing your own. I don't know how many people own a winery and build their own golf course. You got to be one in a, you got to be, there's got to be one of you in the world. Well, I don't know about that, but it's been a lot of fun and there has been, you know, of course, some challenges, but um, we're just hoping that everything goes well now with it in the winery and come on out to uh, Bear Creek and talk some wine. And we always tell a lot of stories out there and that's always fun conversation. Well, my wife will probably drink more wine and I'll play more golf, no, but maybe, I don't know, who knows, vice versa. But uh, thank you, Rod. I, I, just a fascinating topic and a fascinating uh, task and, and job that you did with that. I, I can't wait to see it. I uh, really appreciate it, Jeff. And um, thanks for having me on. And uh, you're all, and I'll give you a call when we're going to play it. Awesome. Bear so. Creek Winery, 8800 25th Street. Yes. 25th Street South is the address. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the golf show. Jake Scarperwood, right around the corner, back right after this. Get to the golf course now because it's now open. That's right, now open. Tee off now at the Meadows or Village Green and get your season started. Purchase a season pass and book a tee time online at moreheadgolf.com. You can't golf the whole season if you don't start early. For more information or to schedule a tee time, call 218-299-PUTT or visit moreheadgolf.com. The ball explodes off your club face like a rocket. It flies across the beautiful blue sky and nestles right next to the pin. That's what keeps us all coming back. Hey folks, Dave Austed here from Austed's Golf. We've been your number one golf source in the Fargo area for over 15 years. Our store has all the best golfers need. Whether you're just beginning the game or ready for the tour, we're your one-stop solution to enjoy your game. At Austed's Golf, we love the game as much as you do. Our certified custom fitters will find the right clubs for your swing. We can fit you in the same equipment using the same launch monitors the pros use. Sure, you could pull clubs off a rack at a big box store or from a website from who knows where, but if you're really going to enjoy your game, doesn't it make sense to have clubs fit your game? Golf Digest just selected Austed's one of the top fitters in the nation. Find out why. Go online at Austed's.com or visit our store at 45th Avenue and 22nd Street to schedule your personal club fitting. Your one shot is waiting. Play better, have fun, be safe, and shop Austeds. Did you hit it twice? Chili Dipper. Did you hit it twice? Chili Dipper. Welcome back. This is the Golf Show with Jeff Kopak. Thanks again for Rod Ballinger for joining the Golf Show. Wow, what a what a story with Rod. Uh, did his, doing his own golf course privately along with his Bear Creek winery. We're going to transition from a guy who's doing some incredible things after retiring from the Navy to uh, the other generation, a much younger generation. Jake Scarper is going to be a senior at Fargo Shanley, has already experienced a lot of success in the game of golf, including when the winning the North Dakota Match Play Championship. Kind enough to take a few minutes. How's it going, Jake? I'm good. How are you? Well, congratulations on the title. You know, winning a, a match play tournament, I don't think people really understand this, that it's not like you went out and played 16 holes and called it a day, right? I mean, it's like two times right. a day. It's a grind. Take us through it. Yeah, so, I mean, the whole thing is a grind. Every, I mean, every tournament that you play in is a grind mentally and physically, but match play, it's, it's a different story, um, especially this tournament. You uh, play 18 holes of qualifying on Friday morning, and then you play, if you get into qualifying, you play your first match that that afternoon. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, if you keep winning, you keep playing more matches. And so you play two matches uh, the next day if you keep winning, and then two more matches 
um, the following day. So you play a total of five matches, and like it could be six rounds of golf, and all those six rounds you have to be mentally sharp the entire time, or else, or else you're not going to do well. And as a young kid, and you're playing some, I'm sure golfers who are a little more experienced. That's not the easiest thing to do, I don't think. Did you have to find yourself to grind through some of those matches? Yeah, there were there was one match in particular where it was. I already won two matches before this. Mm-hmm. I was in my third match. I had to win this one to uh, um, to get to the semifinals, and I was not playing the best. I was probably one or two over par, and I, you know, it's part of that grind factor and part of being mentally sharp the entire time and just making pars and birdies as much as you can and not making any bogeys. And um, and so I really had to grind through that part and just had my op- opponent make the mistakes, and I just played my own golf and kept grinding. Where does this title rank for you as far as accomplishments in golf? Um. I'd say it's probably my number two. I mean, it's it's definitely up there. It's it's a really cool tournament to win. I've never won a match play tournament, a true match play tournament like this. So, um, I mean, it, it was a really cool experience to make that putt on 17 to win it. Because then it's in your own hands. Your mm-hmm. mat, that match is in your own hands. It's not like you're playing against 200 other people. You're playing one-on-one in yeah. that last match. So it's really cool. And number one, of course. The, the high school the bobcat oh the bobcat yep yep gotcha a lot of people don't know this jake uh, but you had an injury in high school you you played hockey you broke your wrist and i don't know if golf was on your immediate mind but take us through the recovery from that injury yeah well so i mean right when it happened i uh i i mean i i looked down at my arm and wrist and it was bent so i i mean i knew right away that it was broken um it was just the, and my instant thought was golf and I was in the middle of a hockey game. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I'm, you're, you're kind of waiting for that timeline. People, people are giving you different timelines and people are like, it might be six weeks. It might be surgery. And after that, another 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. So you, you really don't know. And, um, thankfully I didn't have to get surgery, which is an awesome blessing. And, um, and so my recovery was, I mean, I, I've only been playing for about two months now mm-hmm. this year. So I, I missed a good part of the high school season. I was only back for about a month in the high school season, played about four tournaments before state. And I mean, it's, it's been a grind. I've been out at the course every day, all day, just trying to find myself again. And um, a couple of weeks ago, finally, finally starting to get back to normal and it, it I mean, you wouldn't think that it takes so long to get back to normal after an injury where you just let time heal. But, it I mean, it was grueling and it was hard, but it's good to be back to close to normal. Jake Scarper joins us on the golf show, the reigning North Dakota match play champion. It was at Riverwood Golf Course on the KRK Marine and Power Sports Studios. This is 740 The Fan. Did it surprise you that it took that long to really get back into form? And, and what specifically about your golf game was the toughest to recover from it was it was really surprising actually i uh i I mean i've never had an injury like this where i was out for a long time and so i mean you look at other people getting injured and i mean it goes fast 
from your point of view just because you're you're not the one hurt but when you're when you're the one hurt it i mean it goes slow and mm-hmm. it took a while and um but the the one part of my game that probably took the most to get back used to was either my swing just feeling confident over the ball or putting it it almost felt like i had no feel uh putting and in certain times chipping um but with time again and practice, that comes back. So it was nice to have that back. See, I think uh, I think it would have been opposite. I think the driver and those 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 shots that you violently hit would be a little tougher to come back from a wrist injury. But it was putting, huh? I suppose a feel thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was more of a for me. It was more of a feel thing than anything. And I guess, I mean, I was able to putt before anything with mm-hmm. golf. Right when I got back and. um I mean, right away you think that you're doing well and then you get out to the course and you have nerves and you have a little bit of tension. I mean, it can all, and obviously the mental side of things too, it can all take a turn um, putting and especially on the other things too, but putting was definitely that one thing that took a while to get back to normal. How about hockey? You back on the horse with that? I haven't been yet. Um, We've been doing some skates earlier this uh, spring and this summer, but haven't gotten any of those. Um, I'm definitely going to get back into it all here shortly, probably in the next month or two. Yeah, as, as a as a hockey former hockey parent, as you know, <laughs> uh, I, I think yeah. we were in the emergency room with our youngest every year from sixth grade until eleventh. His senior year was the only time there wasn't stitches or uh, yeah, something right. here or there. Uh, that's just part of playing sports, I guess, and just deal with it. Correct. Right. Yeah, that's ex- exactly right. Where are you with your college aspirations, Jake? You're going to be a senior in high school. It's about this time, I believe, when a lot of kids start thinking about that. Are you thinking hockey? Are you thinking golf? I'm I'm thinking thinking golf for sure. Okay. Um, as college wise goes, uh, been talking to a decent amount of schools, been in contact with people, just no decisions as of now, and kind of honestly, kind of see how um, the rest of the summer goes and. I mean, who knows how the rest of the summer goes, so kind of based off that. So, What's your goal, Division One? Division One, yep. yep. I'd love to play Division One golf because my older brother plays for UND, and so, it's, I mean, it's pretty cool to see one of your family members playing at a, at one of the top, top, uh, mm-hmm. at the top level, know, right. at Division One level. Right. Right. Uh, this, when you win a, a tournament like the North Dakota Match Play, I'm wondering if more recruiters uh, has has your email inbox been or your text message has, has anybody mentioned that this week? Yeah, I mean, I th- I think it. I mean, when you play more and more tournaments, and I mean, you play well in some tournaments, and you start winning some. Um, I mean, your name's on the radar, and then if you you aren't really playing that playing well in many tournaments, and then it might down a little bit but but then they're always there um and then you play well in tournament and um you you start to get back into it so and it's about that time of year where you you know have to make that decision of where you want to go and what you want to do so i mean it's getting there is there any race between you and your brother uh, your father won the the pine of palm and that was a, just a couple of years ago <clears throat> um but is there any uh, inkling to put your name up there along with his in the Pine to Palm board? I'd I'd love to do that. That'd be I mean it'd be cool to see two scarpers up there and I mean my dad has won the 
Pine Palm and Birchmont. So, I mean, if I could have my name up by him, that'd be that'd be a great honor. How are those battles going, by the way? Are you guys playing? Yeah, we we play. I mean, my dad and I we play a decent amount throughout the summer, but I play all the time with like my brothers, and we're always battling against each other and always giving ourselves good competition. So it's it's a blast. Well, it's important, isn't? It? I mean. Uh, not uh, well, iron sharpens iron, I guess, is the cliche. That uh, so when you when you right. play with good players, uh, you can only help but get better. Is that the way you approach things? Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I I absolutely love playing with guys that are older and more experienced than um, guys that are more knowledgeable about the game than I am. Um, I mean, who knows if you go play with some random group? Who knows what you're going to learn in that in that four or five hours? you can learn, uh, I mean, a ton from just walking around and talking to them. So I take advantage of that and, you know, try to play with as many people as I can. All right. Before we let you go, what's the, what's the plan for the rest of the summer? Um, so I got the Birchmont next week. Okay. And so that'll be a fun one. And then as well as the Pine in a couple weeks. Um, then after that, it's that Bobcat and it's put open and then, the Vandersloos, which is out in Bemidji again, a thirty-six, I mean, a fifty-four hole tournament. So, all right, good luck. Go get them. Yep, go get them. Thank you. Thanks. That's Jake Scarperud, going to be a senior at Fargo Shanley already. That'll do it for this edition of the Golf Show. This is Jeff Kopak again. Thanks to Rod Ballinger. Thanks to Jake Scarperud, and thanks to you, the listener. Until next week, this is Jeff Kopak. Hit him straight.